Next on BYUSN, is the season narrative already set for BYU football, or can it be changed? And Mark Pope joins us for a blue and white game day preview, and Dax Milne has some advice for Puka Nakua. Probably got some advice from all of us. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Wednesday, October 26th. I am Spencer Linton. That is Jerem Jordan. Ready for another big show? Listen, we've got uh, four days in a row of games on BYU TV, starting with Blue and White tonight, which is awesome. Uh, can BYU football rewrite the narrative? As Spencer mentioned, coming up on the show, Mark Pope, Dax Milne, as I mentioned. What Jason Momoa, Aquaman, is doing at BYU Hawaii. Can what? he do something at BYU? And our completely unbiased Big 12 Plus 4 power rankings. Oh, boy. But first, today's headlines. BYU football offensive coordinator Aaron Roderick announces that senior running back Chris Brooks and freshman phenom wide receiver Cody Epps will both not play this week against East Carolina. Yeah. Brooks's injury is apparently short term, but Epps could miss significant time. No bueno. Men's basketball has its blue and white scrimmage tonight, 9 Eastern time on the BYU TV app. Admission is free or just tell them Spencer saying. You can do that. BYU women's soccer jumps six spots from number 19 to number 13 in the latest United Soccer Coaches poll. Huge match this Saturday night against Santa Clara in many ways. It feels a West Coast Conference championship is on the line. Oh, absolutely. If BYU loses, they don't have a shot at that. Spencer, is there a uh, ununited soccer coach poll? That, like, the coaches that were like, we're not united. We're not with them. But we're not even with each other. The faction soccer coaches <laughs> poll. <laughs> have a second poll somewhere? That'd be awesome. <laughs> All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. And we are united in this. What's Trending is are presented we? by Tim Daly Ford. <laughs> we'll see. Part of the Tim Daly Auto Group serving Utah since 1968. Jerem, let's get right to it. BYU football on the heels of a three-game losing streak, four and four, now has what? many questioning. Will BYU finish the season with enough wins to get to a bowl game? And perhaps an even bigger question, is there anything BYU football can do collectively to change the narrative, or has it already been set in stone? I don't think it's set in stone quite yet. Um, now, remember, the way BYU's playing certainly doesn't give us confidence that it's going to be uh, rewritten soon or in a drastic manner. But what if BYU comes out Friday and somehow does what it hasn't done the last, I don't know, what, six games or something? Uh, five games. And shows up, plays a little bit better defense. Offense gets back to what it was pre-Liberty, which was, hey, explosive and putting up points and whatnot. And BYU somehow beats ECU. And then uh, what if they go on the blue and somehow pull off an upset there? Hank Bachmeyer's not the quarterback, so BYU's got a shot uh, against Boise State. I kid. Um, <laughs> Yeah, history on the Blues has not been great. You have Utah Tech. What if BYU goes on a little run here and somehow scrapes out uh, eight or nine wins? Then I think it's rewritten. Then I think we, we remember, but it's not the main narrative that, oh, there was that three-game losing streak uh, in the middle of the season. Certainly there's time to do that. The way BYU is playing doesn't make you feel confident that's going to happen. But um, if BYU somehow does that, hey, it, it's, it's a different story. We're certainly in the middle portion of the story right now. Sure. Like, it's not over. But if BYU loses the ECU on Friday, 
Yeah, it gets it continues to spiral uh, away. You made the 2014 comparison. Yes. Can BYU do what it did in 2014, which is you come out of the gates 4-0. BYU didn't this year, but the idea of like a strong start, 4-1 in this case, lose four, and then they won four and lost the bowl game in uh, double OT, I think, to Memphis, and then everyone punched each other. So hopefully there's no punching each other in that way at any point. <laughs> hopefully the punching is uh, the physical format of good defense on third down and creating takeaways and offensively being able to run the ball. Although you just told us, you know, from yesterday, Chris Brooks out for this game. So uh, let's go. There's still time, but certainly BYU has to do something different that we haven't seen in a minute on defense specifically. Yes, there is time for a measure of redemption. Are we really going to close the book after eight chapters? Like, no, nah, I've seen enough. I'm good. I don't want to finish the last four chapters. Well, perhaps some people are done with the book. That, and that's unfortunate. That's <laughs> we, unfortunate. We are not. That's unfortunate because I feel like there's, there's some redemption available for BYU. And, yes, like injuries. We believe in that around these parts. Coaches, uh, and this is Kalani Sitake's words, coaches not being good enough as part of that, players certainly not being good enough as part of that. There can be redeeming qualities at the end of this specific book of 2022 BYU football. So why, why say, no, it's done. Because you don't the believe. It's already a failure. Because you don't believe. I don't That's care. Why. Well, yeah. the thing is, even with those BYU fans that are feeling that way, they're still going to watch and they're still going to hope. They're still going to hope for something better. Okay, Even yeah. if it's buried way deep down in their soul right now, those fans are like, yeah, no, it's set in stone. It's done. Disappointment, failure. They're still watching. And they're still hoping for something better to build off of for BYU to go into the Big 12. It is critical that BYU play a better brand of football so that they start some type of positive momentum going into the Big 12, Jerem. Like, yeah, like BYU's not going to win 10 games this year. That's disappointing. And they won't next year either. It's disappointing. Yeah. But it is absolutely critical that they do change the narrative over the final four games in the quality of football that they play, or we're headed for a very weird and turbulent offseason. Because now it's like, okay, going to the Big 12 – they just tailspinned out of 2022 and, you know, heaven forbid BYU, you know, doesn't get to a bowl game or gets to a bowl game and lose it and they finish with a losing record. That is not what you want to take into the Big 12. And let's be honest, there would be a few new coaches probably if that was the case. Like, yes. just straight up, let's just call it like it is. I think if BYU somehow gets to eight wins, including a bowl, that something is salvaged with this season. Just give me a winning record. Give me I'd, a winning record. I'd, I'd take point. that right now. I'd take seven and six. Give me a winning record. Um, because of how poor the middle portion of, of this has been. And the fact that it's not and, – and you can even feel weird after wins. Remember how we felt after Wyoming and Utah State? That was because we were trending in this direction of like, wait a minute, why is, why is BYU giving up 24 and 26 points to these two teams? Why can't they why, stop the run against Utah State and yeah, Wyoming? Why, why is Cooper Lagat running over BYU? Why um, – you know, and there are late scores there, whatever. But why, why isn't BYU putting up 40 or 50 in these games if this offense is so good? Why isn't this O-line running the ball if this O-line is so good? So, yeah, the, the standard was real high at the beginning of the year. If we came in thinking BYU was going to be 8-5 and five this year, we'd be on par. No, no, it should have been high. Right? And it should have been high. It should have been high. This is the most excited I was for a season, given what you returned and what you thought you had since 08. You come out of 07, 11-2, because that was a surprise. Like, 21 was a surprise after 20 with new personnel. Um, for the most part, and then, boom, yeah, this has not been what we wanted. We thought this was a team that would, uh, you know, tempt the New Year's Six fate, potentially. Uh, at its highest peak and at its lowest, maybe nine, right? Nope, now we're, we're saying, ah, BYU wins out, they get nine, but BYU's not winning out. Like, the way they're playing, there's no way 
BYU has to play very different, but if they somehow salvage eight plus wins, I go, oh, that season was yeah, trending in the right direction. Like it's a positive momentum yes, going into the Big Twelve. It was Something it was positive. less than what we wanted, but it's never a bad season to me if it's eight. Well, we were supposed to be so good. Bad is seven and like bad is uh, not making a bowl game. Mediocre is six or seven wins. Eight plus is always a good season to me. Very good is kind of nine, ten. You're like, okay, that's awesome. Eleven is like, whoa. Special. Twelve is impossible. Sure. Yeah. Twelve's not gonna happen. Like. That, that's too much. Um, so there's still time to salvage something. But again, the way BYU's playing, it's just like, ugh. just doesn't feel like is going to be able to easily snap out of this. I don't know what BYU can do to snap out of it, other than obvious things, Spence. Like win a game? Like run the – well, besides that, <laughs> come on. Like run the ball effectively. It's like, okay, sure. Miles Davis and Lupini Katoa got to show up. If BYU can't run the ball, they can't just rely on Jaron, who apparently is more – uh, is closer to 100% than we thought, according to Aaron Roderick. Perhaps he's giving him no excuse to not perform in that way. He, he thinks the, the injury, by the way, didn't affect him in the Liberty game. So then, okay, there are bigger problems. Because what I would like to do is just say, that shoulder is so sore, it really bothers him. And for some reason, BYU's not bringing him Jacob Conover if it's that bad. But no, it's just like, get it done. Just get it done. The, the time for words is over, although we still have to do a show today, tomorrow, and Friday. But... The time for words is over. The time for doing is now. Yeah. Again, looking back at the 2014 season, nobody says, oh, what an utter failure. No, it's like, man, that stunk that Taysom Hill broke his leg. That was awful. One of the lowest lows, right? Watching him have to leave the field. BYU loses four games in a row. But then the emergence of Christian Stewart and, hey, Jordan Leslie. And those two had like this amazing game against Cal in the regular season finale. And BYU was 8-4, and four, and they were going to the Miami Beach Bowl. And, I mean, it, there was something salvaged in that season. BYU has the opportunity to salvage something here. And more importantly, as I said earlier, play a better brand of football. I don't think it can get much worse than BYU's defense has been over the past two weeks. Yes, I, they can have a worse loss, but there's still three of the last four are quality. Like, BYU's not losing to Utah Tech. I'm sorry. It, that would be a completely new level. No. This is not uh, North Dakota State or James Madison, who's now FBS, walking in as an FCS team like App State did to Michigan or whatever. This isn't that situation. ECU's quality. At Boise State, tough to win there. They're 5-2. and two. At Stanford win. to beat Notre right. Dame, like Power 5. There's not, that, there's not that kind of gimme game. I wish this was that sort of... One and seven San Jose State type sure. game. It's not sure. Well, that's why I'm saying there is redeeming qualities available here because of the quality of opponents remaining on the schedule. Like if BYU can play a better brand of football and beat a few of these teams, they're beating good football teams, and that will change. Like it's going to require BYU to like understandably be like notably better to beat some of these teams, and then you start to change the narrative. Like okay. They showed some resilient behavior. They, they bounced back. They were dealing with adversity. To this point, since BYU's kind of been spiraling in this funk, like, I haven't seen the ability to adjust and get out of panic mode. Like When adversity hits in a game, like, the belief is gone on the sideline, and it's just like, okay, here we go again. Here and you we can go speak again. to that. You were there. Like, yeah. Oh, no, here we go again. When Liberty took the lead at 17-14, you know, I'm on the sideline. I'm looking, and I'm just looking at the body language, and I'm like, it's a three-point game. You have the ball. It's a three-point game, and you have the ball, but that's like that's not good. It's like, oh, I don't know. Is it gonna? We're we coming off the rails again. It just felt that's that the way. Body language. It felt yeah. at halftime a six-point game, Jeremy, and it felt like, oh, this game's over. 
Like it was which is crazy. Nuts. Aaron Roderick. Six point game. Aaron Roderick on Coordinator's Corner in this very studio said that BYU cannot look at how many possessions are left and what the score is. There, uh, he gets the sense from the offense right now that there's a little bit of panic sometimes. Yes. That's not good. BYU's in desperation mode, obviously. I am uh, intimidated a little bit by the fact that BYU has three or four opponents that are uh, pro- could very well win the game um, against BYU. ECU, by the way, ESPN FPI has 56% chance for BYU to win. Vegas says three-point favorite, so that's interesting. But at Boy State, 38% chance to win Stanford, 40%. That's not good. BYU doesn't have that sort of like get right game. And I'm not talking about the FCS game against Utah Tech live on BYU TV. I'm talking about the one in seven yeah. San Jose State type thing. And that concerns me because BYU is going to have to dig into a place that they're going to have to find that mithril down in Moria, Rings of Power reference if you haven't seen it. <laughs> it you got to find it. Like you got to find that to help you get out of this rut because BYU is in a dangerous spot. And I'm not saying this is good in any way, shape, or form. But um, I, I, th- I think that this disappointment is bred from expectation. Certainly. But expectations were fairly high, meaning it was fair to have them there. Yes. And in the Big 12, we will experience some of this as well in multiple sports, where it's like, well, shoot, I thought the season was going to be like this. You're playing a, a tougher schedule. This is a tough schedule. One player told me this week, this is probably the toughest schedule we've had, maybe in independence, like, because there's not a ton of gimmies. South Florida was, was uh, an interesting game because it was across the country, opener, place that BYU lost in 2019. BYU blew it open in the first quarter, not in question. Utah State and Wyoming, BYU ends up winning those. Those were easier games, but 12 and 14 point margins. So, and then Utah Tech. So you only really had four where it was like, yep, you should win those four for sure. Everything else up for grabs. Everything else up for grabs. This, is, this has been a challenging schedule. As BYU has wanted this, but hey, injuries happen. Ineptude, uh, the two eyes, as I mentioned. So, I, yeah, I'm very interested in seeing, like, which BYU team shows up on Friday. And to just say, hey, it's at night, and it's, and it's uh, at home. Those aren't reasons you just, poof, win. You have to show up and win no, that game. But if that, like I said yesterday, if that gives the players <laughs> some type of mental advantage to not panic and to not that get helps. in a weird place then utilize it by all means. Yeah, like, this, go there if you need to. This team's in a weird headspace, so certainly that helps. Change the narrative by beating East Carolina. Okay, now BYU's bowl eligible. Then, then there's some relief, and yeah. then we see Assuming what the, Utah what, what the Cougars yeah. are capable of against Boise State and Stanford. Now, Jerem, if the narrative is indeed about to change, hey, it starts this week. In fact, Coach Sitake said as much last night on BYU Football with Kalani Sitake, live on the BYU TV app, and it inspired a BYU Sports Nation movie trailer. In a world where hope wanes and victory seems distant, a beacon of light shines through the words of a wise man. This is the time where heroes are born. born. Leaders become big time leaders. Friday, the hierarchy of power changes in the BYU football universe as heroes are born and leaders arise. Cougars versus Pirates. Coming to a stadium near us. Was yes, there a, indeed. Was there a yarg in there? Maybe. <laughs> If if Black Adam played for BYU, <laughs> I think they'd be able to run the ball in front. 
That would be my guess. <laughs> uh, who doesn't love a good movie trailer? <laughs> right. And to, to Kalani's point. <laughs> that, to Kalani's point. That movie's going to be rated R for violence. <laughs> <laughs> Things are tough. And he said, look, these are the moments when adversity is at its, you know, tough, like its thickest. Yep. Heroes rise. Who's going to rise? Okay, who's, who's going to be? Show up. On Friday night against East Carolina. Let's go. I'm excited to see what happens. And it's week two of Kalani run the defense. I put a lot of stock in that. Let's go. We're going to talk about a resurgence and changing better. the narrative. Yep. It starts with Kalani calling the plays in week number two. Let's hear from you in Voice of the Nation. Our question of the day is this. Is there anything BYU football can do, in your opinion, to change this season's narrative, or is it already set in stone? Mike Moser on Instagram answers, get to a bowl game and win the bowl game. Mm. Last year was amazing, but the narrative felt hollow once BYU lost the bowl game. A bowl game changes the narrative. Bowl game win is what he's getting at. Yeah. changes the narrative. Yeah, and, and maybe BYU has this nice run. Like, what if BYU won the next four and then they lost the bowl game? Like, it, it might have the same effect like where it was like, oh, shoot. Ah. Well, even last year where it was 10 wins, it was awesome. Once the bowl game sort of went away, we were like, hey, this is great. But, oh, gosh, That's losing UAB was a, yep. that was a sour note, right? Yeah. Okay, uh, tonight, check out the BYU Men's Basketball Blue and White Scrimmage, 9 Eastern time on the BYU TV app. Our second look at the guys. Let's go. Basketball season is upon us. With BYU basketball on the mind, hey, head coach Mark Pope just happens to be hanging out here in Studio B to preview what we're going to see tonight in the Blue-White Scrimmage. This is BYU Sports Nation. Next four champs here. Let's get it going. The Rock is ready to roar. We are live in Studio Ever since B. I can remember, I've been popping my collar. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> we are live in Studio You B. were a pop your collar guy too, right? I was at yeah. one point, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. At one point, <laughs> still are. Let's go. This is your day-to-day viewer sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Hey, you're top button guy and I'm popped collar guy, right? There you go. Let's go. Yeah. Joining us now in the studio, Bizzle, is the head coach of BYU men's basketball, Mark Pope. We just saw you. No yeah, connect Last Wednesday. Today. It's great Hello. to have you back. Great. No connect We're doing it weekly. Okay. <laughs> no, I still, I still, like, I'm still, seriously, I haven't been able to sleep for a week. <laughs> I've been taking intensive, like, instruction on Connect Four strategy since I came. Since well, I came well you won hour. in Studio A after yeah, this but that's the just the, media. Yeah, but that's, that's just the beat writer's media. <laughs> Sorry, guys. It's not I live TV. I love you guys and girls. <laughs> I love you all. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Hey, blue and white game tonight. We're super stoked about uh, another opportunity to see the guys and give some of these young guys a chance to play in front of fans and, you know, work through the nerves and whatnot. What excites you most about this specific blue-white game? Uh, I'm just, well, one, it's we get to introduce everybody, right, which is super fun because uh, it's a new group. And, and two, uh, these guys just get to have their first time with lights on in the Marriott Center. And Midnight Madness is awesome, but the lights are off. Which makes it super special. Now the lights are on, and so no rapping from you tonight. No, no rapping today. Oh, okay. Nope, nope. That's a one time. That's a one time. One opportunity. Yeah, exactly. There you go. <laughs> you got to take your shot. You know. <laughs> um, uh, so, but tonight these guys get to get out there and kind of get a feel for it and, and compete against each other. And uh, I'm actually I'm actually really excited about the players competing against each other. But we've divided up the staff, Ooh. and and there could come 
could come to blows. Like, it's really exciting in the office right now. So we've divided the GAs, the assistants, okay. everybody. Okay. So it's a house divided right now for the, yeah. next, for the next eight hours. What yeah. uniforms have you chosen, by the way? We're going to practice. Teams? We're going to practice uniforms. Okay, practice yeah. uniforms. They, they don't get to wear a real uniform until the exhibition next Wednesday. Fair okay. enough. Uh, how are the teams being divided? Um, well, there was, it, we, we've actually uh, come up with a couple different schemes. Uh, we're actually making that final decision in staff meeting right after this. And I'm telling you, it's intense. Like, there's a lot of sweat going on in this office right now. So <laughs> there's bargaining, there's trades going on. Uh, we got GMs on either side that are trying to work the phones. It's actually exciting. Will you potentially switch that at halftime as well? Maybe. We'll see. Maybe we'll starters see. and... Yeah, okay. Um, the, the, the number one priority of all parties, can, can we get out of tonight with everybody healthy? So Yes, <laughs> yes. whatever okay. that means. So that's yeah. goal number one. Yes, it Stay is. Stay healthy. It's What's, one, two, and three. Well, okay. What's goal number four then on that list? So, you know, we, uh, we had a uh, scrimmage against an opponent uh, last weekend, and so we had some goals there, which I was super proud of how our guys responded with this really new group. Um, and our number one uh, project last weekend was, was rebounding. The guys actually, with a really small uh, team, uh, they performed at a really high level, which I was really pleased with. We, we you know, we selected an opponent that was, um, that you know, uh, nationally was ranked in rebounding percentage offensively and defensively the last couple of years. So that was great. So we're actually going to just shelf that. Obviously, it's always a huge key. Uh, we'll be talking a lot about power plays tonight. So we've been focused on the last couple of days in practice. Um, uh, your, our ability to, with actions and individually, with pace and everything else, to try and uh, attract a second defender or second and a half or three defenders and then actually deliver a play out of it. So we'll be, we'll be monitoring that a lot. We're going to talk a lot about pace, a lot about disruption. Our dim numbers will be important all season long. Defensive impact, impact yep. metric. Yep, exactly. And so um, there's a lot, a lot going on. It's fun. Okay, so you mentioned power play. Are you talking in the half court or in transition? Uh, everywhere on the court. Everywhere on the court. Okay. Who can earn a second defender? That is the question. Can you earn a second defender? And how can we do it together? You know, sometimes you earn a second defender by a great cut or a great screen or a slip uh, or even your voice. You can earn a second defender. So all these different ways. We're trying to get a team in rotation so we can play a, a four-on-three game. is really important for us. Talk to me about the challenge of uh, – because everyone always wants to speed it up. No one says – no one shows up at a job and says, I want to slow it down. Randy <laughs> Bennett does. Randy <laughs> Bennett is like, we're going – and he's one of the greatest – mind you, I'm saying that I, I have so much envy because he's such a great coach, but he's like, we are going to go slower than anybody in the country. Tony Bennett also, two of the greatest coaches in college basketball. Yeah. You guys are like, hey, you Just know the Bennett, the Bennett boys. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So uh, you want to draw the second you, – you want to get havoc and deflections and rebound. Yes, yes. But also get out in transition. Yes. Those seem to be not conflicting but challenging ideas, I guess. You just have, yeah. have to get, have the guys in great shape, I suppose. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. And, that's, and that's, that's, that's part of the challenge and part of the fun of it. But you also – it's a different type of shape because it's, it's very much less of a grind it out. There's two types of conditioning. There's running conditioning, and there's like, there's like pushing and shoving conditioning. They're two different things, right? Sometimes as a post guy, um, you know, you could, you know, sometimes uh, we have wearables now where you could track guys, their movement, where they go. And I could have a post guy do a 15-minute work, workout just playing in the post, and he could move a total distance of like 20 yards <laughs> in 15 minutes and be dead because all he's doing is lean on guys. Mm -hmm. It's like an offensive lineman, yeah. right? And so there's different types of conditioning. This, we're, we're trying to get some speed and pace conditioning in every day. Coach, I want to take kind of a big picture uh note with you here and, and ask you a question about just coaching in general and dealing with adversity because during the break we we're talking about BYU football and kind of the adversity that they're in right now they've lost three games in a row you've you've been through tough times as a head coach and, and you've seen your teams kind of like 
have waning confidence, you're trying to reinstill that. So what do you do to break out of a funk? You know, I'm not saying like you need to tell Kalani what to do, but in your own circumstances, what do you do to help your team deal with adversity and kind of find, rediscover that, that confidence and find the mojo? Yeah, that's the magic, right? I mean, it's, first of all, like what an incredible ride this team has taken on us on this year. I can't wait for Friday. Like I can't wait because, um, you know, they, you know, I was, I was there uh, the first game against Baylor. It was wild. And it's just, it's amazing. Like, how grateful are we for this football team? Like, they're incredible. And, and they're going to rewrite it again on Friday. And we'll be, have a whole new storyline to talk about all next week about the hope and positivity and what's going on. And so um, I think that's what you do. Like, I, I, listen, um, I think you, you seek for your leaders. I think you seek for your grit guys. I think you, you find a way. Um, I've, been in, I've been in offices where we've been in a tough spot before, and there is this part of it's like, ah, man, there's just this frustration and disappointment. But also there's this anticipation and excitement of like, are we, can we turn this around? Can yeah. we figure yeah. out the answer? And as an athlete, it's almost one of the most beautiful spots to be in. Like you live for it. You live for it when people start to count you out. That's the best time. It really is. Is when people start to, you know, set you aside and count you out and underestimate you. And you're like, hey, let's go prove again who we are. I, like I, I think there's so much passion there. I know there is with this football team. It's a, it's a character trait of BYU athletics. Um, this is a, this is a great team, man. And they've taken us a great, on a great ride. And there's still a ton of football left. It's gonna be so fun. Like let's go. And I'm glad it's Friday. Just one less oh, day to have to worry. Yes. Nope. Let's just play the game a day earlier. It seems like you'd love a season and sort of what's expected no matter what. But this season, it feels like we don't know what to expect. Is that liberating in any way? Um, I don't know. I don't know if I'd use the word liberating, but I do think that we are pushing the envelope on trying to, like, we want to rediscover ourselves. You know, we talked about this a lot at me today. We had three, you know, really epic seasons. We, we were ranked in the top 25 three straight years. Two of them we finished in the top 25. Yeah. We'd gone a decade without being there for a week, right? And so we're so proud of that. And then there's this feeling that like we were there and we weren't even close to where we're trying to get to. And so there's that excitement of the accomplishment. And then there's that feeling of like, man, we still got like five Mount Everest to climb to kind of get where we're trying to get to. And so we have this space right now where we're rethinking everything. And um, we got a really exciting team where we get a chance to do this. And and we're going to learn a lot this year. Um, we got a young nucleus that I think has a chance to grow. And if we can stay together, and if we can keep getting better every day, kind of with a revised concept of how we can raise our ceiling, I mean, it's, just, it's super exciting. So I, I don't know about any of the you know, perception or expectations. I just feel so much excitement. About, like We're going to try and build something that's really special. Is the strength of this team your conditioning and your ability to get up and down the floor? If not, what is it? Well, I, I do feel like we have. I feel like we have a strength in our length. You know, we played against a team that was much bigger than us this past weekend, and and we didn't feel small, which was which was which which. which I don't know how to say that any better than I just did. Like our length makes up for our leanness and for our diminutive height, right? At least that's how it felt in one scrimmage, right? And so, um, and, you know, and our guys' tenacity, like, our, you know, we were, we were doing a lot of stuff just by kind of a, a, a you know, a group effort. And so, um, 
you know, I have a lot of a lot of faith in the length of this team. I think our mentality is kind of be on our toes a little bit more than on our heels, to be a little bit more aggressive than a little bit more conservative. We're going to see times where that's incredible and it looks beautiful, and we're going to see times where it looks like a disaster. Hopefully we can just lean into the incredible part. Um, and I got a lot of faith in the skill of this team. Like we have a group that's skilled. A lot of times we're one through five, we can shoot the ball. Um, we're smaller, but we have a lot of skill on this team. And so um, I think we have good decision makers on this team that are trying to grow. So I think we have some real strength in, in those areas. It's exciting, and uh, we'll see the team tonight, 9 Eastern, on the BYU TV app. Let's talk about the, uh, the dunk on cancer event at the BYU store tomorrow yeah. that's connected to the Simmons Center for Cancer Research. We've been connected with this yes. effort. We love it as well. Yeah. Um, you guys are going to be tomorrow. Uh, let's see. Where, where are you tomorrow? We're at the bookstore. At noon. At the BYU store. Yep. We'll have the whole team there signing autographs, doing a bunch of giveaways, nice. giving people lunch, giving people gear. Uh, um, they're dropping the new Dunk on Cancer gear at the bookstore. Okay. You got a logo. 100% of proceeds goes to the Simmons Center for Cancer Research, which if you'll let me do this for a second, it's incredible what Simmons Center is doing. So, um, you know, it's named after Dan Simmons, where there's someone watching this, understand this, he actually discovered the COX-2 enzyme, guys. Like every NSAID and like every anti-inflammatory drug in the world is based on this COX-2 enzyme. And wow. a BYU chemistry professor Ooh. is the one that discovered it. And then the research that is coming out of these grants, out of these students, is incredible. For example, um, you know, one former uh, recipient of these grants um, now has got a drug that's in stage three uh, trials. It should be out here in the next six months. Amazing. That literally could be a monotherapy for, for, uh, for uh, non-small cell cancer, uh, lung cancer. Just think about that. Like, actually, these students are going on to like put drugs on the counter that are actually treating cancer and curing cancer potentially as monotherapy drugs, right? It just is incredible. Uh, we, have a, we have like 50 donors that are coming tonight that will be sitting courtside at the scrimmage. We're just incredibly grateful for everybody that's helped with this. And, and drop by the bookstore. There's some BYU swag now with this Dunk on Cancer logo on it. Um, and 100% of proceeds go towards this effort. Am I seeing that right? $30,000 per dunk last year? $30,180 $30, per dunk last year. Now, part of that is we didn't have as many dugs last year, <laughs> but still, thirty thousand dugs. I told, I told but, the. But look I, at those numbers. Yeah, it's it's awesome. Eight hundred eighty-eight thousand plus raised last year. You up to one point yep. six today. Yep. That's the last couple of years. That's those are some incredible yep. numbers. And this is, you know, Leanne is is so passionate about this. Uh, it's something that's become a, a, a the heart of our program. Uh, she's um, she's on the board of the Simmons. Uh, Simmons Center right now, and we're just excited about the progress we're making. It's growing every single year, and it, it just it's making a difference, guys. It's making a very tangible impact in the fight against cancer, and we're doing it with BYU students that are going on to actually bring these drugs actually to market. It's unbelievable. Super cool. And, and we've loved being involved with the uh, Donor Appreciation Dinner, the Rex uh, Lee Run, yeah. um, and whatnot. It's been awesome. Yeah, it impacts everyone. Yes, it, it, does. it absolutely does. Yeah. And there's great. I don't think a lot of people know watching. We've tried to get it out there but you have as well, of course. But that BYU has a Center for Cancer Research. Yeah. yeah. This is amazing. The Center for Cancer Research where, where our students during the school year and during the summer are going to work at Mayo Clinic and Harvard and Stanford and, 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 and the, the, the best and, and brightest minds in, in cancer research right now. And we have a foothold in there and we're making a difference. And it's just a, it's one of the great things that, 
BYU do, is doing that probably the world doesn't know about, but it's making a huge difference, and so we're great for everybody that's helping. It's multiple wins against Stanford, which is good. Hoping for another one Let's Thanksgiving weekend. Let's go. Yes, indeed. Mark, great to have you with us. We'll see you tonight. Thank the you. Blue yeah. West Scrimmage. Okay. okay, women's hoops also uh, getting set. Tomorrow night, they take on Westminster in an exhibition game. 9 Eastern on the BYU TV app. The Amber Whiting era about to begin. And just how powerful is Jerem's curse of 17 plus? Can it be used for good in some way? This is BYU Sports Nation. Oh, how the turns table. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Sports Nation, you can follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok. Indeed, it's that simple. Uh, Jerem, I believe it's time to whip it. Sugar Whip Round presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Is it the state of the day? <laughs> okay, which injury will be more detrimental this week for BYU? Cody Epps or Christopher Brooks? I think it's Christopher Brooks. BYU's running game uh, is already kind of in a world of hurt. No pun intended. But it just... You? I know, I know. <laughs> like, things feel a little bit... Uh, <laughs> That's the best word I'm looking for. I don't want to say it's hopeless, but it kind of feels that way. It feels that way um, with with uh, Miles Davis, Lopini Katoa. BYU's not run the ball effectively. And well, how healthy is Miles Davis, too? Like his foot and Lopini. Problems. Lopini missed uh, the Arkansas game. So, yeah, Lopini got uh, you know his head rattled a little bit, and then now Chris Brooks is out. So what, what's going to have like that, that, to me, is the biggest question mark is BYU's ability or inability to run the ball and stop the run. On the other side. Yes. That's two biggest questions. Defensively, get off the field more, and, and can BYU possess the ball a little bit? Give the sure. defense some time off, even if uh, – and can BYU at least get a couple first downs if they don't score, just to milk some clock and get field position? Well, Cody Epps is amazing, right? That wide receiver room has consistently put out good numbers Yes. with guys missing games, including Puka Nakua and Gunnar Romney Not and super Chase concerned Roberts. about who's out there from no. the receivers and the tight ends because the they've been backs. good. Yep. Sure. Yep. BYU is 0-6 against the spread <laughs> since the Baylor game. Mm. Oh, boy. With BYU now being a three-point favorite against East Carolina, if that trend continues, that would suggest that the game's going to be inside of three points against yes. East yeah, Carolina. Yeah, BYU's going to win by two, Spence. Is that more reason to be nervous, Jerem, with this against the spread trend in place? It's just another metric showing BYU hasn't been good enough. Um, and does the spread indicate whether you win a game or not? No, BYU didn't cover against Wyoming, Utah State, and so on and so forth. But yeah, it's concerning. Um, there's a certain expectation not being met. BYU doesn't have to uh, cater to what Vegas thinks, for sure. They were probably like, yeah, we beat Utah State and Wyoming, that we were good enough, but hey, we can play much better. Sure, I don't know that this- To us, that wasn't good enough, though. I don't know that this statistic against the spread makes me more nervous. What's making me nervous is the trend of what we have seen consistently for the past six weeks from BYU football. Yeah. Right? Yes. Like that, that's where the nerves come in. I, really, I could care less about it. It makes sense to me. Like, oh yeah, it makes sense. BYU is a three-point favorite, and maybe they win by one or two. That They're not total, winning, or if they are winning, sense. it's not by enough. Right. That's what's happening. And it's, a, it's totally understandable is the feeling I'm taking from this statistic. Yeah. Okay, who will be the blue and white scrimmage MVP tonight? Oh, it's got to be Foos. I think so, too. Yeah, it's got to be Fusini Traore. Like, I think, speaking, we're talking about dunks with Mark Pope, right? We're going to see some dunks from Foos tonight. He's got one other post player on the team to guard him. It's Atiki. So it's it's uh, an African battle tonight. Well, and he loves going after Atiki as well. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be fun to watch. Just All stay right. healthy, baby. 
Let's stay with basketball. Stephen Curry, NBA superstar, called out broadcaster Kevin Harlan thanks to his announcer jinx mid-game last night at the free throw line after he missed his first free throw of the season. <laughs> he pointed at him in, Har- the, in the game. Harlan mentioned he was perfect at the se- on the season at the time. What is more powerful, this Kevin Harlan free throw jinx or your 17-plus curse? <laughs> well, we only have one uh, volume of one for uh, <laughs> Stephen Curry. Remember, I said BYU would beat South Florida by 17-plus. People got scared, blah, blah, blah. I haven't said it since. But I do have something special coming up Ooh. Friday okay. along those lines. Okay. So I'm going to say, well, I don't think mine's that powerful. So I'll go with Kevin Harlan's uh, volume of one. No, no, I'm going with yours. This was born of course you would. back in 2013, Many going into ago. the Houston game. When you're like, they're the biggest they're the paper worst. tiger ever, 5-0. They're, the, they're the, the worst 5-0 team in the history of college football. 17-plus. <laughs> and it was a one-point one point game. One-point game. BYU needed to score a <laughs> Last minute touchdown. I don't we'll win that game. I don't know why I said, hey, shout out Skyler Ridley. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I said 17 plus, but that ended up, ended up being, okay. it's a three score game. That's a blowout. Yes, you also said yeah. 17 plus against Utah State in 2014. Yeah, and BYU lost that game. <laughs> if Taysom Hill plays the whole game, come on now. Yes. Didn't you say 17 plus against Utah State this year too? <laughs> Did I say 17 plus? <laughs> Big, hey, how about you keep the you starters in at the end? You did. And then it is 17 plus because they sure? scored a late touchdown. They were up 19. <laughs> Are you sure you still want to go with uh, the Stephen Curry Again, being more powerful? Yes. <laughs> I've got something special on Friday for this. Oh, Don't you it. worry. I love it. Okay, if you were to dress up for Halloween as a current BYU athlete, who and why? Uh, I'd be uh, Timmy Schloss. Nice. I- I'd be Slick Nick. Nice. I- because we have the costume here. So I'd be Jimmer Fredette as Tim Schloss. So it's two different people. <laughs> Therein lies the inception yeah, of that the inception. Halloween nice. costume. Okay, this is mean, but what? can I be Swiss cheese for the BYU defense right now? Oh, for Is that too mean? That's too mean. That's too mean. I apologize. That's too mean. Boo. Okay, boo. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be better, hopefully, Friday. Um, no, I'm going to be a cougar tail, and this is what it's going to look like. Um, oh, you. I'm just a giant cougar tail. <laughs> okay, just a big old maple not bar. A ch- not a chocolate? Are you a no, maple? No, I'll be okay. old school OG okay. uh, maple bar. That's what I'm thinking I'm going to do this year. I'm hungry. I, I so I know that's not a BYU athlete. Yeah, we could always go for a brunch right now. Mm-hmm. We should just have brunch regularly in like the C block. Sure. Yeah, cougar tail. I thought about just dressing up as a goat and then calling myself Jimmer for dinner. Yeah, I'm, I'm right? Jimmer. This is the goat. Goat costume. Danny. <laughs> the two goats, you know? There are two. Okay, after uh, two straight losses on the road, 17th ranked women's volleyball returns home to the Smith Fieldhouse to take on Gonzaga, who just beat a ranked team for the first time in program history last week against Pepperdine. Watch it on BYU TV Thursday, 9 Eastern time. And up next, my one-on-one from FedEx Field in hey. Washington, D.C. with Commander's receiver Dax Mills. What is this music? His advice to Puka Nakua <laughs> and the team to turn things around. boy, Dax Milne, wore number five at BYU in his last season, has added a one in front of that as a member of the Washington Commanders. Welcome back to Studio B alongside Jerem Jordan. I'm Spencer Linton. We're showing you Dax Milne highlights because... Because Dax and Flax and Wax. Indeed. Over the weekend, I had a chance to go to FedEx Field and interview Dax after the Commanders beat Aaron Rodgers and the Packers on topic... 
what advice he would give to BYU football to turn things around and what specific advice he has for Puka Nakua, another guy trying to get in the NFL, one-on-one with Dax Milne. So I've tracked down the man, the myth, the legend, the one and only Dax Milne of the Washington Commanders. Dax, first and foremost, congratulations on a wild, crazy win against the Green Bay Packers. Thank you. It was very fun to be a part of. Uh, got scary at the end, but uh, it was, it was an exciting game for sure. How do you handle the nerves of a game like that, especially when you're the punt returner and your role is so critical in the fourth quarter in a close game like that? Right. Um, you know, it can definitely be overseen at times how, how tough and how important my job is to, you know, get the possession of the ball. You can you saw it on, on their side. They had a muff punt, um, and we it put us in great position. Uh, so it's it's definitely pressure, but I'm, I'm a very confident guy going back there and uh, making the play. When did you, as the primary punt returner for the Commanders, first become a thing? Uh, it was right after the last preseason game. Uh, I kind of proved that I could do it throughout the preseason. Um, I didn't. I didn't really know what direction they were thinking as far as the returner. But once the last preseason ended, I they named me the guy, and and I was ready to just do whatever this team needed. When do you overcome the nerves of something like that, or have you have you overcome a scenario like that? Oh, you never overcome the nerves. <laughs> Uh, for me, it's just it's a lot of self-talk, um, uh, mental toughness, and, and, I, and I think uh, I owe that to every coach I've had just growing up in, in any sport I've played. It's, it's an, always an ongoing process of how to you know, stay mentally tough and, and ready for those kind of, kind of situations, and so I'm, uh, I'm proud of myself for how I handled it. Walk me through your mental checklist when you run out on the field. Is there like a bullet point thing that you're going down? Yeah, um, obviously, what the return, what turn, uh, sorry, what direction the return is, um, and then I look and see, you know, what the gunners are look uh, looking like, and then I always try to see the ball uh, right off the, the punter's foot, and so once once the ball's in the air, then there's another kind of checklist, kind of take a peek, see, uh, you know, how how deep they're getting, how fast they're coming at me, how high the ball is, um, so it, it's a lot that goes on really fast. But with, with reps and experience, it gets easier. How would you uh, define your role on this specific team this year? Uh, man, offensively, uh, I think I'm a, a, a reliable guy that can just come in and, and know what to do on, on every play. Um, if someone goes down, I, they can plug me right in wherever. Um, and then, like we've talked about on special teams, just being the same type of dude, reliable. Um, I can make plays whenever I need to make plays. So I watched you play the Chiefs here last year. Now you're in year two. What's been the biggest difference for you in your NFL career going from year one as a rookie to year number two? Yeah, um, feels a lot different uh, mentally. Um, a lot more confident and um, just so much knowledge. You know, as you, as you, you think you know a lot of football and coming out of college and then rookie year you get hit with a lot and so now it's like it all starts slowing down um so i'm i'm feeling confident these days and and, re and ready for whatever less picking up the check at expensive restaurants and stuff like that and that comes along with it you know <laughs> so if we're going to dinner uh you got it this time <laughs> hey to be fair last time we went to dinner i think i picked up the check right 
I don't remember. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. Dex, uh, your BYU Cougars, I know they're near and dear to your heart. You were at the Arkansas game. You, you watched them have a tough game against Liberty. You've been in some tough times your own as a BYU Cougar. And when you dropped a 2-4 and four against USF back in 2019, but that team dug out of a hole. So what's the key to digging out of a hole like that if, if you're BYU right now? Man, I feel, I feel for my boys uh, back home. I know how it feels. Um, but like we did in the past, I think it's just a matter of not pointing fingers at anyone. Um, always looking inward and saying, what can I do better? What can our uh, you know, offense or defense do better? And so once that happens, accountability happens, and um, I think that, that takes steps forward for the team. And I believe this team can do that. You know? I know a lot of those guys still, and, and uh, I'm excited to see them just bounce back. Let's talk about the BYU receivers because even as tough as it's been, it's been a real big bright spot. What do you like from the BYU receivers? Man, it's been fun, fun watching them. Um, it, it makes me uh, miss it a lot, but it's really fun seeing those young dudes that uh, kind of watched me as I went through my process and journey to them finally getting their shot and uh, making the most of it. And so I'm really proud of those boys, and I know they're going to keep making plays for the team. So now that you've gone through the rookie grind and you are into year number two and you've got some real experience under your belt, what's the best bit of advice you can give to a guy like Puka Nakua who wants to make the jump to the NFL? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's tough, but I'd, I'd probably just tell him to the biggest thing I learned is just focus on – on yourself, don't don't compare uh, yourself to maybe a teammate or someone on another team, because that can really get you down easy. Um, so focusing on your process and uh, just believing in yourself and that it'll all work out. Dax, we'll finish with this. You're playing against the legendary quarterback Aaron Rodgers and that franchise, the Green Bay Packers, on the other sideline. At what point does it become just another game and the aura of playing Aaron Rodgers wears off? Yeah. Uh, very cool to see him. A lot of history with that team, um, but it it goes away right as soon as kickoff happens. You know, you're focused on what you're doing, what our team's doing. It goes right away. But as soon as the game's over, then it kind of comes back. You see him walking around. You're like, oh, what's up, Aaron? Rodgers? You know, so very fun. All right, for uh, what it's worth, I guess I'll pick up the check next time as well because you you agreed to do this interview, my friend. <laughs> Uh, I know I speak for everyone across BYU Sports Station. They're so happy for you and proud of you and, and what you're doing in Washington, man. Congratulations on everything. Really appreciate that. Really appreciate all the, all the Cougar love across the nation. Uh, it makes this journey uh, a lot better, so appreciate you. Let's give this man some BYU Sports Station karma, too. You cool with that? Let's do it. Give me karma. Oh, I, I need it. <laughs> Thanks, Dex. Appreciate you. Dex Milne receiving the karma. And uh, the Commanders hopefully uh, going to go on a nice little run here. They won back-to-back -back games. Yeah, let's get him the ball more, too. Just five targets. He's caught four of those for 27 yards. Uh, you know, 20 and a half yards per kickoff return, about eight per punt return, as you talked about. Yeah. He's, he's added value to just being a receiver, right? Um, Spotrack says he's going to make 825K this year. So, pace for 80 touches, that's $10,000 a touch. It's pretty good. So, uh, Dax should pay for dinner. That's pretty uh, good. Next time. Hey, listen, we can just... You're not $10,000 a touch guy right that's now. That's true. When you can to me, you are, <laughs> but your actual bank account does not reflect that. <laughs> yes. You're uh, a $50,000 touch guy to me. <laughs> hey, when you secure punts and, you know, hey, that's, that's worth a lot for it. And here, how do, you, how do you know that Dax is a confident dude? Jean jacket. 
Yeah, That's how you know he's absolutely. confident. No one with low self-esteem wears a jean jacket. He's got, he's got a deal with a clothing company as well that's giving him that jean jacket. Hey, so he's a professional Life athlete. is good. Okay, BYU Sports Station game day has full pregame coverage Friday, 6 Eastern time, two hours leading up to a huge game with the ECU Pirates on uh, uh, BYU TV. We've got the pregame show coming up on Friday. And next, how far has BYU football dropped in our totally unbiased Big 12 plus 4 power rankings? The latest rundown next on BYU Sports Nation. Hook them. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Nation is on demand. Download the free BYU TV and BYU Radio apps and subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Okay, it's time for our Totally Unbiased Big 12 Plus 4 Power Rankings. Uh, let's just go ahead and start with BYU, Jerem, who has dropped all the way to number 11 this yep. week. Yep. Yikes. Ahead of Iowa State, Houston, and West Virginia, for those wondering, the team's still below BYU. TCU at the top of the list, they deserve to be there. TCU's really good. Super ranking has TCU eighth, by the way. What? Among what's wrong? Okay, so how 30, you... 33. How does your super ranking have number eight? It's not my super ranking. It's, it's a, com a composite of seven different uh, <laughs> metrics. Texas 16th in the super rankings. So that'd be second in the league. 10 in the top 40. Big 12 is, is a really tremendous solid. football conference this year. Absolutely. Baylor's number eight. Remember when BYU beat Baylor? That was fun. Baylor is third in the Super Ranking. 17th overall. Okay. Kansas, BYU right next to each other, by the way. I saw one bowl projection that had BYU playing Kansas. I'd prefer not to play a Big 12 team in a bowl game. We're going to play all of them in the next two. All right. I want Coastal. We all want Coastal. Those right? are your Big 12 plus four totally unbiased power rankings. Our question of the day is this. Is there anything BYU football can do to change the season's narrative, or is it already set in stone? Aaron Robinson on Twitter answers, Winning solves all problems. Fans with a winning team have a short memory. We'll see what happens. Like, be like a goldfish. On Ted Lasso. Our lead voice of the day, presented by PAX, Healthcare Elevated. Jimmer Ainge says, get Jerem to, to not guarantee any more games this season, then we'll have a chance. Well. <laughs> There's Rise and Shout Out, presented by Mountain America, Friday. the official credit union of BYU Athletics. How about just home games overall? We got blue and white men's tonight. Uh, hoops tomorrow. Women's hoops, uh, women's volleyball, football Friday, Saturday, volleyball and soccer. Awesome. Fantastic. Our thanks to today's guests, Mark Pope, Dex Mill. Sorry to Dennis Pitta, we ran out of time. For Jeremiah Switzer, shout out to Jeff Chapman. We'll see you tonight for the blue white scrimmage on BYU TV's app. Nine Eastern. Don't miss it. Go Cougs. <laughs>